This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Trader, trade, trader, crypto podcast. This is the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the TraderCobb Crypto Show. Today I've got another amazing guest in Anouk Pinchetti of the Blockchain Center. Thank you so much for being on the show, mate. I appreciate your time. You want to do a little bit of an introduction on yourself, who you are and where you're from? Sure. Uh, Anouk Pinchetti. So I work with uh, the Blockchain Center, which is a co-working space. Yep. And it's also a com- real community center for blockchain technologies. I also work with Introverse Technologies and we build blockchain and distributed technologies to basically help foster adoption of some of the new paradigms we're seeing out there in the market. So that's what I find really fascinating. We've talked about it on the show plenty of times before. Uh, what you're actually doing in this space is you're basically a conduit, if, if you will, between traditional business models and blockchain. And effectively, from our little conversation a minute ago, you're trying to understand or help other traditional business understand how they can maybe use, if they can use, and how to effectively implement that within their traditional business. Do you want to let us know a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is very much how I see my role, right? If we have a new rollout of the next wave of the internet, then whereas, you know, every business wouldn't think of being in business without having a website nowadays, right? What does it mean in 20 years time to be the last one without your own namespace controlled, without your own coin out there. So, um, but actually approaching that with some maturity, not jumping onto the bandwagon because everybody else is, and certainly not jumping head first. Like take a careful look at where the technology is at because it is not mature yet. Take a look at how data is managed because we have GDPR concepts out of Europe basically driving a real cost around the ownership of customer data. And this technology, for instance, can help reduce and eliminate that cost, push it back onto customers. However, it's easier said than done. So a lot of companies need to have their hands held a little bit in terms of coming to grips with what this technology is and what this technology isn't. Because it, it's very easy to spin up a coin. Yeah. It's very hard to create a stable and sustainable economic system at the back end. Yeah. It might be very easy to uh, create a lot of hype around things, but to actually follow through for a yeah. lot of these projects and build the technology that people can use, that everyday people are able to use as easily as we might use a credit card today, yeah. we're, we're way away from there at this point. Well, I love, I love the analogy of uh, the internet with, with like uh, websites, you know, if, if I was to say to someone today, you know, what do you do for a job or what's, what's your business more than a job, they'll say, I, I sell bikes, for example. And I'll say, what's your website? That's kind of the, how do we, how do we actually, your, your footprint on the business world now is your website. I don't need your card. I can remember your website. Um, it's really, really a part of everyday business. And if anyone says they don't have a website, 
You're flabbergasted. You're just like, what? How, how do you not have a website? Now, I've spoken to many people that have got a, a very similar opinion as to what you're doing about the fact that we'll see blockchain probably become something of uh, so ingrained as what we see websites are today. Now, I'm really interested to go into detail. Um, if you could give us an example, um, you're going into traditional businesses right now. Effectively looking at their products, what they do, how the data store, all of the all of the above for the business model. So there's a real business already there. That's one big thing I see because a lot of these um, tokens out there, there's nothing there. It's no. just an idea, right? <laughs> Why it's worth ten billion, I don't know, but it's an idea. You're going into real businesses and seeing if there's any way for efficiency, cost saving, and a plethora of other reasons. Could you give us maybe an example? You don't have to go through any specific company names, but an example as to what your work actually does and what outcomes you've come to. Okay, uh, definitely. So um, there's a number of major use cases. A lot of businesses won't want to put their core business straight yeah. onto a blockchain because this is bleeding yeah. edge technology. Yeah. <clears throat> but you can start with something simple like your loyalty program. So we have a lot of people sort of starting to look uh, to us at Introverse to say, hey, could you help us with a loyalty program, with a rewards program? Uh, the other one that comes up a lot of the time is international remittances. Yes. Right? International remittances, especially when there's already an established business that has import-export responsibilities. So there's a supply chain technology there. So if they're managing a supply chain already, yeah. then putting a blockchain under there to manage the contracts between buyers and sellers, and potentially at that point you can look at extending credit along yeah. that supply chain as well. Right, so those are some of the ways where you can already have an existing business that's managing a lot of this information and you can start adding blockchain initially Very in easy. parallel yeah. and then you can start to move things gradually from the traditional database model onto blockchain over time. And you're seeing the implementation of this sort of, I mean, this is just one process, obviously, one example, mm -hmm. but I mean, Everyone who's in this space is busy at the moment, right? Every, literally oh. everyone, because it's just that everyone's trying to work out what's going on, how we can, how do we use a blockchain? What do we use it for? Are you finding that um, you're being met by medium-sized, big businesses, or small businesses? What, what, what's the appetite right now, as far as the size of companies that are approaching you? Uh, so mostly bigger businesses. Uh, bigger businesses are approaching us. We've got yep. uh, banks out of PLCs. All yep. PLCs. Yeah, okay. Yep. PLCs. Um, We've got, uh, we've got airlines uh, coming to us. We've got also, um, I also do consulting to some of the startups in the blockchain space. Yep. Um, now, some of them are very mature with existing businesses. Uh, Blockgrain, for instance, is an yeah, example okay. we've, there. We've interviewed Kyle, yeah. Well, there you go, right? So, uh, but also there's some other ones that are, you know, we have some great ideas and some great technology. Please come and show us how we can, you yeah. know, make twenty million dollars out of an ICO and money grab. Uh, <laughs> money grab. Yes. Uh, usually, my response is uh, I have a very careful thought about what the value in there is, and if you if you think you could find an individual or a company or an entity that would that would think that would be worth twenty million dollars today. Yeah. <laughs> then, then actually, you know, start looking at your ROI before you just yeah. think that you can write a white paper on the back of a napkin, throw it out to the market, and yeah. 
have magic happen here, right? So, uh, but yeah, through Introverse, generally it seems to be a lot of the larger companies, um, but people are finding me on LinkedIn as well, and that seems to be all. It's a great tool manner. at the moment, isn't it? It is. Space? <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's go into more detail about this uh, this white paper nonsense. Uh, mm. it's, I shouldn't say nonsense. It's, it's not nonsense. <laughs> um, what what I mean is this, right? It's effectively a, a business a business plan. Okay. Yeah. The issue that I've got is that everyone seems to think they can just write a quick white paper. And look, I'm seeing spelling mistakes. I'm seeing grammatical ir- issues. I'm seeing things that don't make any sense. And, and a lot of times people go, oh, but that's okay because XYZ did that and they did, they've still done well. But to me, if I'm going to run a business from the front end all the way through to the back end, look, don't get me wrong, I've made some mistakes in the past too. All right, and there'll be more in the future, I guarantee you that. <laughs> but it's an evolving space. We need to have a, a fairly good communication line all the way through the business. Now, that doesn't just start and end with a business plan. Now, a lot of businesses, you talk about block grain, it's already a business, it's established, it's already got a product, it's already doing it. And they're, underlying, overlaying, however you want it, with the blockchain. Mm-hmm. It frustrates me that there are not more businesses out there that actually have a business case. Another one, a good example, is Horizon State. They've actually got a business model that's working, but they've got a product. They can turn something into a payday. Now, I struggle with the, with the notion of investing into something that they don't even know how they're going to get a payday. What are you? Are we seeing this space transform more to a maturity for investors looking for a business that exists, or are we still in that whole heyday of the absolute mayhem of the ICO mania that we've been seeing since the end of last year to the early beginning of the start of this year? So the heyday is certainly over. Uh, you know, we we've got uh, price doldrums with the market for yeah. Bitcoin. We've got increasing legislation, regulation. We've got banks denying a lot of yeah, uh, a lot of access to exchanges. Uh, at the moment, a lot of exchanges are charging you know, upwards of half a million dollars just to list a token yeah, on their wild. exchange. Yep. Uh, it can cost you know between one and two million dollars to actually run an ICO. Yep. So that means you have to have a lot of commitment and a lot of you know, people on board already yeah. before you can even start that process. Um, at the same time, the market is maturing. There is There are more institutional investors yeah. starting to look at diversifying their portfolios. Yep. Might only be 5%, yeah. maybe 10% yeah. at a stretch yep. to diversify because it's an uncorrelated asset. However, um, these investors are still doing their traditional due diligence on the underlying business. Correct. Right, so anyone looking to get into this space seriously um, will need to manage for that kind of due diligence mm-hmm. and go, yes, we are a legal entity, we're established properly, we have a team that has hits on the board yep. and hasn't been you know, uh, raked over the coals 18 different times for fraudulent yep. practices. Yep. Uh, we, we can actually execute on the technology yeah. Because at the moment, there are projects, and I won't name any names, but there are projects that have raised millions of dollars and they cannot hire the staff, mm. right? They simply cannot find the people with the right technical skills to, put it together. to actually put it together. It's not easy to do, right? This is bleeding edge still. Yeah. So um, the, definitely, the heyday is over and I'm seeing... Uh, better quality yes. of white papers. That's what we want, that's what we want to um, see. And I'm also seeing that uh, the people that are reviewing and advising on these white papers have been through that process a few times. And you know, not every bit of feedback 
that an advisor may give might uh, might get incorporated yeah. in. But if you have three or four different advisors and they're all saying, okay, this is a money grab. Yeah. So if the token is you know structured like this, um, then I don't want to have anything to do oh, with yeah. it. Yep. Um, then that certainly starts, you know, ringing the alarm bells loud and clear to the founders of the project. So we're we starting to see a maturity come in. Is that what we're getting to now? We're starting to see better, well thought out white papers, uh, better implemented business plans. Um, not just not just the white paper, <laughs> but I mean a plan around the. You know, it's very easy to even just to go on LinkedIn. Okay, mm-hmm. if somebody in the project is not on, not on LinkedIn. Why are they not? It's, it's just a must. That's your public profile for your past, your present. I want to know where you've come from. I want to know that if you're involved in a project that's in XYZ, that you've got past experience, relationships and areas that you can actually bring in. I don't want to see, I've got nothing wrong with young people being in this industry and running projects, not at all. But I don't want to see somebody who's been you know, from five or six different jobs and they're 25 years old. That they're, they're not like, is this just going to be another flush in the pan for you? Like, <laughs> I want to see established people in a business that is looking to become an established business, not just a money grab. Are we getting a bit more mature right now? Um, we are. Baby steps, yeah. Baby steps. <laughs> Look, it's, uh, you know, the, the whole internet phenomenon in the 90s, there were just buckets of money being thrown at anything with dot .com yeah. in the name. Correct, yeah. Now, dot .coin is the new dot yeah, .com, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So... Uh, in the year 2000, we had a big shakeout, and you know, four or five out of every 200 companies yeah, survived. Uh, survived. Yep. They've changed the world now. Oh yeah, right. And and that's sort of what I see in the blockchain and distributed technology space. Um, we've got 2,000 odd coins, and I mean, it's very hard for a currency to fall to absolute zero. Yes. But 0.00001 cents <laughs> to the US dollar. That can happen. Is certainly where, you know, 1,900 of the 2,000 coins are going right, to yeah. end up. I agree. Um, so that shakeout is likely. Yep. I'm not going to put a time on that. No. I'll leave it to the technical analysts. <laughs> but <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. Um, but the technology is maturing and the process is maturing. It's because it is getting harder and because there are so many more eyes on it right more, more eyes, eyes there are there are investors clamoring for the the proper information yep. there are also far more businesses clamoring to get in yeah. the door while it's still possible and there's regulators clamping down to go hey we told you we were going to be looking for our tax money yep. we told you that you this is illegal in this yep. jurisdiction so now they're knocking on the door. Now they're knocking on the door, and there's a lot of uh, legal shoehorning that's happening, where companies are writing a white paper that's saying, "Hey, uh, this is going to go up a thousandfold." But we're not a security. But we're not a security. <laughs> we're a utility token. I don't think that's going to go away because the the variety of the possible financial products that can yeah. be created with a programmable token is basically infinite. So the legal system will always be catching up and will never have the will never be up to date with all of them. They'll never the, get ahead of because it's growing so quickly. It, right? So there's yep. two thousand odd tokens. Um, ASIC has its five different classifications. Yep. SEC, let's say for simpli- simplicity's sake, the SEC is just looking at utility versus security token. Yep. Um, 
but no one's actually gone through all 2000 and said, this is a security, this is a managed investment service, this is a non-cash payment facility. No, they just say everything's a, a security. There's, everything's, <laughs> a everything's a security. security. Apart from Ethereum and Bitcoin, now we've heard. Bitcoin's right? a currency and the rest, you know, and we're getting governments issuing their own cryptocurrencies yeah, now. Yeah, that's right? We're, we're getting banks, uh, central banks, looking at issuing their own cryptocurrencies, yeah. but not just not having the finite quantity, still having a single signatory generally. Yeah. You know, how does this work? We've gone from a central private issuance to a, you know, a network that randomly allocates issuance on a diminishing basis to ICOs that basically say, we've printed a bunch and now we want you to invest because there's a business plan at the back end. Yeah. We're also seeing asset-backed currencies. Now, that's, to me, that's actually a very interesting yes, space. Me right? too. Okay. So, we're seeing the creation of, uh, well, two things. There's data markets, right? The valuing of data and exchanging yep. of access to data rather than central silos. Yep. But we're also seeing, hey, here's a distressed asset of, let's say, land. Yep. Uh, let's tokenize that. We have some investors tokenize it, but we have a variable supply of tokens. So we can issue tokens to pay to people that can do the jobs that make this a valuable asset. Yep. So it's a generative sort of yep. currency. It tends to be more of a project by project basis. Yeah. I have yet to see something that can be nationally or globally. Uh, a shining light above the and everything else. Right, and like you mentioned uh, New Horizon, uh, Horizon, Horizon State. State yeah. Sorry, mm -hmm. you mentioned New uh, Horizon State. <laughs> Governance is a huge thing in this yep. space. Um, the, you know, I think uh, having all these privacy coins and, and this anyone can get on is great from a libertarian perspective, yeah. but it's terrible from a governance perspective, yep. right? But there is no Bitcoin community. There is just 20 million, I don't know what the number is, Bitcoins, yeah. 20 million people yeah. out there um, who are complete strangers who by definition of the protocol do not trust each other. Yep. Um, how do you collectively come to an agreement as to a change in the way you interact. It's simply mm. not going to happen. Yeah. Now, voting, like there's a lot of uh, democracy platforms out there. Voting is not a, it's not economical for starters yeah. for everyone to vote on everything. Uh, even voting for a politician is uneconomical because of the amount of people, right. the chances that you're gonna have an impact and the amount of research you yes. need to do. So it's, it's, it's a bit more than that. And, and implementing this, you know, magical uh, blockchain for voting, it's a political problem, yeah, right? We've absolutely. been able to vote people off Survivor Island in 24 hours through our yeah, mobiles yeah, yeah, yeah. for decades now. But we can't seem to get that same technological traction, traction in that, in that room. That room. Yeah, yeah. So um, in this blockchain space at the moment, we simply don't have the maturity and the yeah. sophistication in this space to tackle everything to yeah. tackle everything and to give any kind of criticism to how our current institutions are being run yeah so i am seeing a lot of initiatives out there that are starting to look at okay how do we govern yeah. right what is the role of a foundation in deciding the issuance and the, the fiscal and monetary policies for this particular token and how do we vote on different policies how do we manage identity because without identity, you don't have accountability. Without We've started, there's a long way to go. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So 
what I'm trying to say is we're getting more mature when we're coming to the ICOs, but the actual projects and the actual economies that need to be built out of there, there's a lot of maturity and a lot of standards that still need to be set in this space. Yeah. So I, you just re relayed the internet to blockchain, which, which I love to talk about. I ask every guest uh, on the show the same question. We talk about the internet from 1993 when it sort of became something. It became a real thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned the 2000, the shakeout. Blockchain is it's kind of compared to it a lot because of the amazing technology, the advancements that we're seeing, the growth of this market, and also the... Um, the, the cryptomania, there's a similar thing we saw with the dot-com boom. Mm -hmm. Now, where do you see the market being right now, if we were to sort of say 1993 to 2000? Where is blockchain now in, in your view? I would say 97. However, uh, there's a lot of caveats with that because there are aspects <laughs> that are much faster and there are aspects that are much slower. I agree, yeah. So uh, for this, we have, you know, Money being thrown far and wide faster. Yep. Uh, we have a, f a very different economic situation in terms of, you know, uh, reducing returns on capital yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, we also have a shortened expectation cycle. So, you know, yeah. uh, it's been around for 10 years. So why isn't my grandma using it yet for everything? Absolutely. Right. We want immediate, immediate results, results. Now, right? Instant gratification. Um, but... On the, at the other hand, uh, we don't actually have to build the physical infrastructure. Yes. Right? Because the internet the is already there. out there. Yep. So uh, some things, you know, one project like CryptoKitties can be launched today and break Ethereum tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? However, something like the whole world needs to actually start to understand the meaning of value, yeah. just like the internet had to con you know, convince the us. masses, right? The internet had to teach us what is truth. Blockchain has to teach us what is value. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that's probably a 40 to 50 year journey yeah. before we kind of settle into, okay, we have asset-backed currencies here and we have a medium of exchange here and this is how they relate. But globally, we have a different relationship given the legal frameworks these are all big pieces that are slow to adjust. Yeah. And so, yes, 1997, uh, with some things that are going to happen faster and harder than anyone could have imagined. Yep. And some things that are going to take a lot longer than people are ready for. I agree. I right. couldn't agree more on those. That's there, it. There is a swinging scale. And I really liked one of the key things you just said there was the internet needed to teach us trust. And uh, the blockchain needs to teach us value. I think that's an absolutely awesome little takeaway. Uh, and where do the uh, listeners and viewers find more information about yourself, the company, and what you're actually doing at the moment? Just let them know. Um, you can find more about me at uh, theblockchaincenter.com.au and Intraverse Tech, I N T R A V E R S E T E C H.com. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for the conversation. Your opinions and thoughts are always welcome. And uh, guys, have a great day. It's been a nook. We've had a great show. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out TraderCobb.com because experience matters.
This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not Trader Cobb or the audio presenter.